so we are going in, we're going live in three, two, one, and welcome back to the JR Experience. Today, we have two amazing individuals who are joining us, and we are going to just go into this deep conversation that I have no idea where it's going to take us. So enjoy the journey. Today, we have Kirk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Kirk from MVCC and Jules from MVCC as well. How are you guys? We're doing great. Okay. I'm happy to have you guys here on the podcast. Can you guys um just tell us a little bit about yourselves? Like, what are some of the things that you do here at MVCC? And just give us a summary. Like, what's what's going on? Sure. So, um, if I'm allowed to start off, um, my full name is Law Kurt Miller, and um, I oversee a high school and middle school program okay. called STEP which the um, acronym spells out, Science, Technology, Entry Program. And what the program is all about is just trying to get students geared towards the STEM fields. Mm. So what that spells out as well is the sciences, technology, engineering, and math, and also getting them pulled into the health and licensed profession fields. Nice, nice, nice. Awesome. Yes, and my full name is Jewel Imani Ruth Smith-Williams. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> A little backstory on that. Obviously, both of my parents couldn't agree on one name, so they just gave them all to me. Um, <laughs> and I'm a step advisor here, um, and I do the same things uh, that Kirk does, just on a more ground level, dealing with the kids directly. Okay. Um, he, he deals more with, you know, trying to coordinate events. Right. And managing grant money and whatnot. And so, yeah, I love my job, though. That's cool. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. So. Yeah. Does, here. I'm glad that you, you guys actually touched on a couple topics that um, we, I actually wanted to bring up or we have been, I have been uh, just talking to other people and some people seem, seem to feel the same way. So why don't we jump on um, grant money? Okay. Like I think grant money is something very interesting, um, the way it, it works. Is. It is. And like the, like what... I mean, you guys do. Come on, Grant, Kirk. Um, it is interesting. It could get very sticky. Um, but at the same time, you know, we love the um flexibility that it allows us. Yeah. You know, you know just in terms of like getting students connected, you know, to the resources and getting them, you know, hooked up to the, the STEM professions, health and license professions. Um, in regards, you know, to um the sticky component of it, um, it's 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 tedious work, you know. Whereas, you know, everything is tracked. Everything is tracked. You know, so for example, you know, just something as trivial as a sign in sheet, you know, it's so important, you know, that we actually have the students signing in and signing out. And not only that, you know, just making sure that they're selecting, you know, why they're actually here on campus. Mm. You know, um, the reason behind that is because, you know, once we actually get an opportunity to send our report into the state, you know, um, specifically the New York State Education Department, um, they want to see exactly, um, you know, what our what our population is doing right and that's one specific way for them to actually check in on us without right. actually being here i see you know so if we for example we send in a sign in sheet that only has like stu- two students on there versus you know our sign in sheets that you know ranges from anywhere from 20 to 25 students that's screaming to the state saying hey you know they're getting 20 to 25 students we need to keep pumping money into that program i see versus two students you know well you know you guys are not really you know harboring a lot of students so maybe we need to look at different avenues you know to try to get students connected so 
that's just one small example yeah. as to how sticky a grant could be. Right. But um, overall, you know, we, we, we just have to track every single thing that we do when it comes to grant funding. I see. And do you, does the, the STEP program, uh, does they only receive grants from the, the state? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the state is, it's thanks to the, to the state that basically this exists. Yes, yes. Okay. So backstory, um, you know, to why, why we even exist, right. you know, why are we here. So um, the New York State Education Department realized um, back in 1987, I believe it is, um, that um, there's a lot of um, vacancies, you know, within the um, STEM health and licensed profession fields. Okay, 1987. 1987. Got it. Um, specifically for um, underrepresented and economically um, disadvantaged students. Mm-hmm. You know, so the New York um, State um, NYSED, you know, just to kind of shorten the acronym, um, decided to pull some monies together. And, um, you know, different legislators, different assemblymen, you know, just... Um, coming together like how we are right now mm-hmm. and just hashing out the numbers. And um, before you know it, across across New York State, you know, they um, created 59-step programs. Mm-hmm. And it varies, you know. Um, they could be housed, um, you know, at community colleges and um, primarily at uh, four-year um, institutions. I see. And how many, how many of these programs are actually in community colleges? That's a great question. Um, not as many as the uh, four-year institutions. Where I'm at right now, I'm not quite sure what that total number is, but we could easily um, you know, revisit that if you yeah, really wanted that concrete definitely. number. That's just something that I'm, that I'm interested in because the reason why I asked that is because I went, to a f- I went to a two-year college. I went to LaGuardia Community College, and there was a very similar program there called ASAP. Yeah. yeah. And thanks to ASAP, I was actually able to graduate. If it wasn't for that, I would have never been able to graduate college. Yeah. Um, and so this STEP program catches my attention. Uh, but the thing is, do you think that uh, students who go into a four-year college need the program more than those who go to a community colleges? I would say, personally speaking, um, I feel as if the community college students would tend to need it more because I feel like there's just some more of a heavy need, you know, in terms of like access to resources Mm -hmm. for community college students. Mm -hmm. So I would personally say, you know, that um, community college students and, you know, my just a personal opinion, you know, would benefit greater, you know, than um, four-year institutions. Yeah, especially if we have a pipeline of students. Exactly. Exactly. And since we, this community college is literally one of the three colleges in town, um, what are the children's options or what are their students' options, basically? Um, in terms of? Like, like I'm, I'm saying there's only three colleges in Utica. Okay. Right? MVCC is one of them. Yeah. Right? So do most students go out of state? Great. Is um, that what we're finding, or uh, we don't have enough student coming into MVCC? Um, the thing, well, just speaking in regards to steps. So the way that the program works in terms of um that pipeline that you were mentioning, right. you know, with the connecting students to um you know colleges. The STEP program intentionally tries to gear students, keep students in New York State. So we tend to not focus. I mean, it makes sense. Yes, on outside because of that vacancy, you know, within the New York, um, you know, state um, market, you know, with the STEM health and licensed professions. You know, we tend to just only focus on schools in New York State. But at the same time, 
if a student comes in and they're like, hey, you know, we're definitely looking at, you know, the uh, um, historically black, um, you know, com- um, colleges, you know, we're not mm-hmm. straying away from actually opening up and, you know, doing research and trying to connect them to those institutions, you That's know, great. because, and I specifically highlighted those um, colleges because we have a lot of students that actually come into our program that are trying to go specifically to those, um, you know, institutions. But primarily, we try to keep them, um, you know, within New York State because that's basically the task, you know, that got funneled but down to us. But how come we don't have one in New York State? What's that? A historically black college or university. <sighs> that's that's a, interesting. It, it is. It is. It's a great question. Um, I can't really say <laughs> specifically as to, you know, why um, that is or not, you know, right. but, um, you know, something to look into. Yeah. That's well, my personal opinion is that oppression was worse in the South, so I feel like African Americans had to fight harder for that education in the South. You know, especially true. after talking with my grandmother, she said she went to school up here, and I don't want to tell her age, but she said <laughs> she's in her seventies, so she she knows about you know the civil rights movement. She was around that, and she was like in the North, she didn't really feel it. Like, mm. You know, there'll be little races here and there, but it wasn't like in your face, right? Like it was in the South. So they really had to fight for their own education down there. Where here, they went to school up here. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Um, I read, I'm not sure if you guys ever read the uh, 12 Million Black Voices. Uh, Richard Wright. Highly recommended. Um, he basically follows the, the life of the African American um, throughout the, the moment of slavery until like the 1940s. Mm-hmm. around that time he follows them he talks about the ma- the mass migration from the south to the north and the reaction that the that the southerners uh african americans had to the white men in the north mm-hmm. like it, he, he makes a joke out of it once uh that um he got one of the one of the black guys got inside of the uh bus and a white man sat next to him mm-hmm. and nothing happened and the guy started laughing, like the the black man. He started laughing because it was like such a new experience to him yo, yo. to be able to go through that. Like everything was chilled out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I guess that's that's really what it is. Yeah, yeah. that's very interesting. And yeah. as a matter of fact, my grandmother told me because my grandfather did fight um, in the war. Um, they went down south one time uh, to. Um, attended like a restaurant mm-hmm. um, but they were just down there visiting and they went to a restaurant and he was in his military uniform and they said no you can't eat here and my grandmother was very offended because my grandfather was in his uniform Wow! and they still told him you can't sit here and eat and she actually wrote a letter to the president saying how disrespected she felt her and her husband so he says Richard Wright even writes in that book mm-hmm. where he talks about um, that they some of the uh, black soldiers will be hung yeah. with their uniforms. Yeah, with their uniforms, and that you know that that book is traumatizing to me. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one you know one of the things that I have a big issue is that we don't read enough black authors. Mm-hmm. I just don't read enough, period, but I do agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I asked recently uh, my cousins, I was like, how many black authors have you ever read? And they were like, none. I can't remember of one. And I read my first black author, um, When Things Fall Apart. I cannot remember the, the name. 
um, I always have that problem with names, man. Yeah. yeah especially yeah. when I need them the most. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when things fall apart is basically a black perspective of the Christians coming into their their uh, tribes mm-hmm. and instating this new religion and how like they had a whole system that worked. Yeah. And then yeah. they get introduced to Christianity and everything just falls apart. Yeah. Which is very which is very weird yeah. because um I I myself um follow the teachings of Christ. Okay. Like uh you know some of the teachings that he says. I like I try to apply them into my life. And so when I read that, when I read that the preachers of Christianity destroyed civilizations that like it it mm-hmm. blows my mind well that's something that is not promoted in the schools it's not because you know? if you read a lot of uh black authors material they speak on real experiences from the black experience and that's not something that wants to be promoted in the school because we love to promote that america is the best god bless america home of the the brave land of the free and it's not true mm-hmm. and that's something that's being portrayed unfortunately to other countries as if we're the best country in the world and then when they get here a lot of the immigrants are like wow this country isn't that great well you know? yeah <laughs> you know come to find so, out right <laughs> yeah come to find out you know a lot of people come here out of desperation even yeah. though they are aware of how our country is yeah so it's really about hiding the history you know, with not having black authors um, uh, material in the school system. That's bad. Yeah. That's bad. And that's a problem because then people grow up with just having one side of history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we can never have one side of history. Yeah. We should always have both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's crazy, man. It but is. Even, even in our in our history classes, ironically, we don't talk about a lot of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed recently is that a lot of times when we talk about black history, it starts with slavery, which mm. is unfortunate because that's not where it started. Right. It started mm-hmm. like that here in America. But what about all the history back in Africa? But then now it would take too long to try and go through all the countries mm. and all the histories of all the countries and all their presidents and all of the uh, um, morals and values each country has and traditions. And so it's like too cumbersome. So it's like, oh, let's just start it with how it was here. Right. Which, which implants in the you know African-American mind, okay, this is where our history began, slavery. Right. That's not good. Right. You know what I mean? Right. We don't You're, say that about other people we, like with Native Americans. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't say, oh, yeah, it started with, you know, Columbus killing you all with diseases. Like, Mm-mm. no. That's no. not where it starts. It's not where it starts. We should just have just honestly just one course of black history. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, just be taught. Yeah. From, like, the earliest civilizations. Yeah. That would be dope. Yeah. Unfortunately, the only places that really do that is in college, African-American studies. True, yeah. They don't have that, you know, in high school and middle school, elementary school. Yeah. Mm -mm, They'd rather have, oh, I don't want to say something that's going (laughs) to get me in trouble because I like my job. (laughs) Parental advice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I was going to say they have other things in the school system that I don't personally agree with that's right, being taught right. 
than other things that I feel like would be more beneficial. To I know, students. I know, yeah. and that's a problem. Our the bigot, the catastrophe of the United States will not come from taxes, will not come from war, will not come from anything like that. It would come from its education system. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, because knowledge is power. It is. Mm-hmm. And so if we, as a country, because I'm including myself. Yeah. I live here. Yeah, I absolutely. Have, I pay taxes here, yeah. everything. And even though I'm a great immigrant, this is my country. Absolutely. And what is being, I went through the high school system. I went through the middle school system. When I tell you it doesn't work, it doesn't work. My country has a better education system than the United States. And the pr- the problem with that is that the United States is so massive, right? That they have to dumb everything down mm-hmm. to produce the quality to the students, right? So, for example, like the state is the one that determines like the education system, the curriculum, and everything. The curriculum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How is the state? Who first of all, who's representing us at the state? Number one, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. the people who are representing us or representing the state. What do they look like? What's their background, et cetera, et cetera. But we're not going to go that rabbit hole. Um, and then the people who actually make the curriculums, do they even have teaching degrees? Like, do they, like, wh- what's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that something that I'm just, like, ignorant to or? No. I don't believe so. And, um, you know, just tying um, step back and, in, you know, into that overall um, big picture, you know, um, you know, there's programs out there, you know, like, you know, STEP, you know, that are actually adhering, you know, to those pockets of um, students, you yeah. know, trying to, um, you know, allow them to, like, gain that access to where they might not right. actually have that type of access directly in the schools. Right. You know, so um, I'm, I would be remiss if I sit here and say, you know, we, 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 we don't see attempts being made mm. to try to bridge that specific gap, you know, to what you're harping on. You know, but, um, you know, it's a cliche, you know, but uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. You know, so it definitely takes time. Well, I'm glad that you guys are here because I have these questions and I'm glad that you guys are able to give me a different perspective of it. This is why the whole podcast is, is, it is what it is today. Nice, nice. Um, let me ask you something. So you work personally with these students, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Can you talk about that? Like, what do you do? Well, a lot of what I do is helping them um, transition into college. Okay. Um, You know, the main goal of the program is to introduce them to the STEM fields. But what our STEM students are, another main goal of ours is to try and help them get into college. Okay. So I try to help them, um, you know, fill out scholarships um, if they need help with applying to a certain college. Um, tutoring. I also help with um, their essays or, you know, any math that's not trig. <laughs> well, you know what? I know. It. So, yeah. you sound underpaid. Underpaid? No, actually. Really? I'm not going to say what my pay is. Let me tell you something. All the other jobs that were offered <laughs> me a job, uh, it wasn't the pay that I'm getting out. Good. So I'm happy I, to hear that. I'm know, glad that the state at least did something right. <laughs> well, it's grant funded. So, you know, I got to be grateful for that as well. I'm because, happy to you know, hear um, I'm happy to hear that as well. <laughs> yeah, the pay, rate can, the pay rate can increase, you know, you know with funny. the change in, in the grant if there is yeah, a change. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, so that's I a, appreciate that's that. That's that sticky thing with the grants, man. That's a sticky thing. You know, I did, I did politics. 
mm-hmm. right? And um, I learned the ins and out of um, non-for-profits, basically, mm-hmm. that deal with politics. And um, everything is like that. Grants and also donations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Donations, donations, donations. And so actually... Um, I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to disclose this, but who cares? Uh, so, for example, um, I used to work for Citizen Action, right? And they are a non-for-profit organization that actually cares a lot about those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, education issues and, like, racism and everything. Like, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, and so I learned a lot from them. Um, and I also learned... Because I wanted to learn how exactly the money system worked, yeah, right, yeah. and it's it's like that. It's it's through uh, grants and donations, and then those donations comes with strings attached. Yeah, like I had to knock on X amount of doors for an X amount of period of time, to, and I had to build our database and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. um, but what we really need, this is what we need, and this is how. I am sure that we're going to achieve it. We need to be able to provide our own grants to mm-hmm. our own people mm-hmm. without those strings attached. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I believe in. You understand? Like, how can we get a group of people or a group of individuals who come from the black communities, the Hispanic communities, and be able to utilize their money as a tax write-off Right, because this is this is all about taxes at the end of the day, mm-hmm. as a tax write-off, to be able to give us that money so that we can actually impact our community. Yeah. Do we have that? I. Oh well, not that I'm aware of, but you know there are um, many black celebrities that are heavily invested in their communities. Um, and will put forth their own money. So, like, LeBron James is one of the biggest people right now that is making a positive change in his community. And unfortunately, rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. He was, we were just talking about that. Yes, he was putting his money where his mouth is mm-hmm. as well and, and bought a whole building before he was murdered. And uh, back to LeBron James, he built a school. Um, and, you know, whoever goes to that school, from what I'm uh, aware, that he's willing to pay for their college education as well. Wow. Right. So there's many of us, and I think how we can go about it in the future, since social media is such a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, try and reach out to these people via social media, you know, and maybe have some sort of petition and let them know there are a lot of people that see a need and don't have the money to fulfill that need, yeah. can you help us? Yeah. And um, before I jump into, like, my quick spiel, you know, shout out Chance the Rapper. You know, definitely I um, want to mention him, you know, involved in you know, that spectrum as well, you know, just in terms of um, giving back to the community. Um, but Jewel um, makes a great point, you know, in terms of highlighting certain figures that are actually, um, you know, touching on that aspect of, you know, how can we actually, you know, promote, mm-hmm. you know, that platform to actually giving back, you know, without AKA strings attached. Um, I also would like to say, um, it, it, it's a commonality, um, thing, you know, when it comes, you know, specifically to black and brown communities with knowing what it looks like to give back and knowing how to give Mm. back. We've never, and I'm, 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 I'm speaking for everybody when I say we, we have never, um, 
across the board, you know, been on a platform where we've actually seen what that looks like mm-hmm. from from the black and brown community to actually give back and with giving back, seeing what that return would look like down the road, let's say for um, you know, potentially a young middle school student I love that's, you know, I love gaining, it. you know, that um, you know, that connection, if that all makes sense. Right, right. Yeah. I see exactly what you're saying. Oh. Wow. I've never realized that. You know, yeah, because for me personally, you know, it's always been a struggle. It's always been a fight, you know. So whenever, you know, we, you know, um, come into, you know, um, an opportunity, you know, a certain, you know, piece of funding, finances or, you know, um, stable, we don't know what it looks like to actually give back. to Exactly. It. And at the same time, seeing what that would look like full fold with it coming back full circle with a young man, young woman going through the process and actually Remembering LeBron actually opening up this school. I was a part of this school system. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm a civil engineer. Let me actually, like, you know... Give go. back to my community mm-hmm. the same way that... Rome was built in a day. Mm-hmm. You see, I was talking to... So we have Hector Mendoza on the podcast as well. He's just sitting back admiring what's happening. <laughs> and we were talking... Because he asked me we, uh, on our way over here. I was telling him... Um, that he, he asked me, how do I give back to my community? He asked me that. Great and question. I said, that's a good question, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you don't have money, but you have time, right? Yeah. And time is worth more than money. Yeah. Like in, in, in like the philosophical way. Yeah, yeah. But time is literally worth money. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, it is. Um. And so I was telling him, like, you can volunteer your time. Like, you don't necessarily have to give money, but you can volunteer your time yeah. to the community. Like, yeah. let's... A lot of a lot of kids want to give back to the communities. And yeah. they just... I mean, you would have asked me 10 years ago, like, Joel, you need to give back to your community. How? I have no idea yeah. what that looks like. Yeah, the how factor. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what that looks like. And so... You know, one of the ways that we can give back to our communities is actually changing their diets. The diet of our community is terrible. We suffer from all kinds of things, cholesterol, sugar, high blood pressure. It's true. Everything. Mm-hmm. And so I've been studying or I've been looking into the the, 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 the food industry, mm-hmm. right? And if we're start if we start changing the diets and just introducing more vegetables into the people's diets that they'll become healthier basically right Mm -hmm. and eventually they can even just become vegetarians Mm -hmm. but then how do we produce that how do we produce enough vegetables yeah enough uh how where do we get that ground from right yo yo i um would say specifically answering um that question joel um it, it starts um, at home, you know, yeah. and definitely connected, um, you know, funneling um, to the classroom, you know. But in terms of, you know, let's just keep it at, you know, just vegetables, you know, like showing, you know, the young ones what it looks like to actually grow your own produce. Exactly. You know, have your own garden. Exactly. You know, because the last time that I went to the supermarket, a green pepper was about three forty nine eight pound. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, actually opening up that avenue, you know, for the young folks and saying, hey, you know, you guys could actually do this right in your backyard. Yeah. You know, so I believe that's that's a potential great start. That is you know, a great start. In, in terms of that's actually teaching them right And you know, know what? Home. 
I am actually I, I actually volunteer my house. Um, I have uh, I have two properties here in Utica. One one of them has a big plot of plot of land, and the other one has an even bigger plot of land. Nice. nice. So we want to be able to volunteer, and we have connections with farmers, nice local farmers that yeah. we, they can come with us and they can teach us. Nice. Like nice. these are the things. This is how you plant, and this is how you do this, and this is how you do that, and so. Let's get it started, man. Yeah. I mean, for real. Like, even if we have to give it away yeah. for free. Yeah. Like, just whatever. Yeah. As long as we keep introducing people to, like, look, this is this is good for you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? In Actually, encouraging people who own properties mm-hmm. to uh, volunteer or give us, just give us a piece of it. Yeah. Just yeah. a small piece. Volunt- like, just donate it yeah. to... What are we going to call this organization? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> well, that's going to be off the podcast, but... <laughs> this, this is... I think this is something that we should do. Yeah. Seriously. And no, I, I know there's a lot of people who would be willing to work with us. I agree. I agree. You know, just getting that awareness out there, you know, and pulling together, um, you know, just common minds, you know, with common goals. Yeah. You know, and seeing where we could go from there, you know. How else can we help? What do you guys think? You know, one of the di- one of the biggest things that I'm very, 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 very interested in is a financial education, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To be able to teach people about finances, because I think that with education, they're able to advance their lives. Yeah, yeah. Like there are so many things that. Um, People don't know. Absolutely, absolutely. My, um, I don't mean to, um, you know, intrude here, you know, but my um, <laughs> financial lesson, you know, growing up, you know, getting, um, you know, just um, a tidbit from my mom was, hey, you know, be careful for those credit cards, you know, <laughs> don't get too many, don't open up more than two, you know, make sure you got the cash to, you know, give back. And for that real? was my finance lesson. That's it, right? There we go. <laughs> Did it work? Um, for the most part, I'm not going to lie, it definitely um, stuck through, you know, because um, that has always um, been with me, you know, just on my financial journey. I see. You know, just making sure that I'm just in tune with the fine print, you know, yeah. whatever that I'm getting involved in, um, you know, and just knowing, um, you know, how to maneuver, you know, by just bumping heads with people that have done it before. Right. You know, seeking out financial advice. You know, reading, you know, reading up on things, right. you know, it, it really, um, you know, it, the spectrum, you know, it's, it's across the board. It, yeah. it really is, you know, but um, information is out there. You, it, know? you know, information is out there, but people are not looking for it. That's the thing. My That's father thing. once told me, he said, if I would have had the Internet when I was growing up, I would have been ruling the world. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> My father's a narcissist like that, but it's Got cool. You. <laughs> um... But financial education, like with me, nobody ever talked to me about credit cards. Yeah. How about you, Drew? Oh, my grandmother is the one and only. She taught me everything. Really? From finances to cooking to swimming to driving. 
She has taught me more than anybody else. I in need my to family. meet this grandmother. Oh yeah, my grandmother. She got my card. The, <laughs> the card that I got outside. She bought that. You know, she was the one actually that helped me open a credit card because at the time I was eighteen and no company was trying to let me have one right. because of my age and I don't have a history. Right. I was like, how can I have a history if you won't let me have one? You know. And so it's that she, cycle, right? Right. So she opened up a joint one between her and I. And she really threatened me. She was like, Jewel, if you don't pay this back in yeah. full every month, I'm cutting yeah. this card. And mm. you're not getting another one through me. I was like, oh, my That's God. That's a good way, man. <laughs> and um, something that Jewel just mentioned just now resonates with me heavily. Um, getting out of college, um, my aunt, uh, specifically, I'm not going to really mention her name, but she's down in Florida. Love her to death. You know, one of the most influential people, you know, that um, that has been in my, a part of my life. She pretty much, you know, paid out of her pocket for me to actually go through college. Wow. Um, which Shout was out huge. to you. Definitely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, going forward, you know, um, graduating college, you know, I was like, man, you know, I definitely, um, you know, want to get myself a whip, you know, I want to get mm-hmm. myself a car. You know, um, at the time, you know, I had no credit, not bad credit, no credit. You know, so actually trying to get a loan at the time was pretty much close to impossible because I didn't have any prior assets. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so I said, hey, auntie, trying to get this whip. I just graduated. What's good? What's up? I'm making some money. Nah, you're crazy. I'm not co-signing anything. Ah. You need to get yourself a J-O-B. All right. And figure out how to get there by public transportation. I'm not going to lie. At first, when she rejected me, I was upset. Yeah. As the young folks would say, I was tight. Mm-hmm. All right? You know, but that lesson that I learned has stuck with me to this day. Uh, because looking back, you know, she was actually helping me. She yeah, was molding she was. me. She was. You know, um, because looking back, I'm like, man, imagine if she would have followed through, she would have co-signed and then, you know, you God forbid, it, you know, anything, no. life happens. Bro, you, and then she would have been the one responsible for the bill. And then how, with, what, with what face are you going to go up to her? Like, <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's not entirely true because there's um, insurance that you can have on a cosign. So if something true. happens to the other person, the bank will fit the, fit the bill. Whoa, true, here true. we go. This yeah, is She's dropping the a, knowledge because yes, I exactly. never knew this. Yes. yes. Good point. Yes. That's a good point. You can have that on there. You know, um, I am co-signed with somebody else. I'm not going to say who it is, but if something happens to that person, then, you know, I'm not responsible Mm -hmm. for that bill. And then the fine prints for the actual, like, insurance, we'll look into that online. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, going back to financial literacy, I know so many grown, you know, black men and women that are in their 40s and 50s who still live check um, by check. Yeah. You know, and I look at it and I'm like, that's so sad because you... Over your lifetime, you had enough money to get yourself a house, yeah. get yourself a car, yeah. but because you didn't establish any sort of credit because you feel like that wasn't necessary, I can pay out of pocket, you know, you know that that's being ignorant. Yeah. And ignorance to me is lack of knowledge. Um, and thank goodness for my grandmother, she went down all of the, you know, interest rates what? and and yeah and uh, we're gonna have to bring your mo- your grandmother to oh, the yeah, podcast because she's, she's gonna cookie. give round two round Grandma two special <laughs> yeah, yeah. and there's different things that can affect your credit that you know even blindsided me at one point like I had a hospital bill that I thought you know was being sent to my father because 
you know, for most of my life, he was paying for my you right. know, medical bills. I didn't realize at 18 that, hey, now I'm responsible. And you know what? And That's so, a big problem, bro. Right. Yes. That's right. a big problem because nobody's really teaching us that. Exactly. Nobody's right. teaching us how to, how to manage your, like, not even budget for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Not even budget yeah. for it. And so that's very important, which needs we need to have in the curriculum. Yeah. Absolutely. So, strongly yeah. agree. Exactly. So, you know, now that I am more educated for my grandmother, do I still have financial challenges? Yes, I think anybody would mm-hmm. have financial challenges. You know, um, life happens. Definitely. But at least I'm more prepared for, you know, those challenges to happen to yeah. me. And not just be like, woe is me, you know? Right. So I think that's very important, especially, like, this is also what I'm talking about with the educational system as far as what should be taught in school and what shouldn't. I really feel like, you know, taxes, you know, how to deal with taxes should be taught in school. Because even now, I'm grown, and I'm not going to lie, I send my tax stuff to my aunt. Because I'm like, she does all of that. She's been doing taxes for over 20 years and I still don't know. I'm like, yeah, auntie, you, you do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And balancing a checkbook. No one really does that anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, no one really carries a checkbook around like that. Yeah. But that's still important to know yeah. just yeah. in case technology yeah. fails us. <laughs> you know, one of these days. You I, know. I strongly agree with Joel, mm-hmm. um, you know, in regards to this, um, you know, the knowledge that needs to be, um, you know, given out there in regards to this, you know, taxes, um, you know. Because even um, for me, you know, I struggle with that, you know, and I'm not saying for everybody to be an expert, you know, with just knowing how the tax system works, but just knowing how to, you know, knowing the basics, knowing how to maneuver, you know, knowing going into the year, you know, what your year would potentially look like when it comes to the end of the year, you know, in terms of like, you know, itemizing, you know, um, what you could potentially get back, budgeting appropriately, you know, having the basics, I believe is a great start, you know, for everyone across the board, you know, because... Everybody's just out there, you know, and you always hear trying it to the, figure it out. Yes, yes, you know, hearing at the end of the year, like, yeah, you know, I'm about to get back these couple of G's for my kid here and there, and about to just go nuts and just splurge it. That's yeah. it, man. And, and it's it's sad, and you know. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> that that really gets um, under my skin because you know, I I know this one woman that I gave her a ride one time and she was talking about getting her refund and just straight up blowing it on materialistic things and not really building a foundation for her kids. You know what I mean? Because now everybody's concerned with being fashionable with social media. Let me have these Jordans and mm-hmm. Fendi prints on. It's all in the music. and yeah. You know, yeah. as you can see, I don't wear no name brand stuff. I yeah. do my own thing. By the I way, don't... there's no pic, there's no video, but she looks great. Yes. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Every time I see her, she's like beautiful, <laughs> yes. glowing. Jewel, Jewel, Jewel is, is, is actually, you know, I love Jewel's company. It actually makes me look a little bit better when I'm hanging out. With her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when it comes to, to money and fashion, I don't feel like you need to spend racks you to, don't. to look fashionable. I just saw last night a video of Drake, you know, showing his actual million-dollar outfit. And I was like, that looks like something you could have got at Salvation Army, yep. to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not spending all that money, especially my refund money, which I don't really have much of because I didn't work really last year. I was in school. <laughs> but whenever I do get that, you know, decent amount of money, I'm yeah. going to invest in it. Like, mm-hmm. I've already invested in the stock market. Okay. You know, I'm not going to say which nice. market. That's so but, good. That's so good. Yeah. The but, fact that she's even taking that money yeah. to invest it, you know, exactly. that's... That's key right it there. It is. It is. Because 
like for example, I'm 25 years old and I own two properties. Nice. And I that's own, incredible. Yeah, that's good. You know, and mm-hmm. I and I have a property management company. Yeah. And so, but the reason, the reason why I got here is because I started learning about the taxes. Yeah. And yep. then I realized that this is all simply a monopoly game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the more real estate that you own, the like literally the more you can deduct on your taxes. Yeah. Absolutely. If I tell you the things that I have deducted on my taxes, it will be it will drive you insane. Like I, I, I every time totally every time I, I rent a car. Is tax deductible? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. absolutely. Thank you for telling me. That. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm, we're year. gonna have we're gonna have some tax classes with tax experts. Yeah. In these things, in these podcasters, that'll be great. Because um, LLC, LLCs are the key. Yeah. That's how that's yeah. how white people make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, don't, you don't really have to. You don't have to really have to whisper it because you know when it's you talk truth. about white and black, it doesn't have to be like a stereotypical thing. It's a historical thing. You it know, is a historical white thing. people have had more advantages financially because banks want to deal with them more. Mm-hmm. You know how many times black people have been denied a loan to get a house? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you talk about inheritance. So now this white family has all of this inheritance to pass down. So now their child already has this generational uh, wealth. <laughs> yeah, generational wealth that has an extremely large head start Their against credit. someone like myself, you know what I mean, where, okay, yeah. my family in particular, they are doing okay, yeah. but compared to, you know, a Caucasian family that's had generational wealth past, you know, just yeah. the grandparents, yeah. that says a lot. And you know, this is not necessarily a, a black and white thing either. Right. This is a Absolutely. poor people thing. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of poor whites Absolutely. Yes. that Absolutely. need this information. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, Martin Luther King, he got killed right before he started the Poor People Campaign, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, For sanitation workers, I think that's what his... his um, next um, movement was for yeah. for the sanit- the poor sanitation workers but he was definitely interested in the poor people campaign like mm-hmm. and because in reality we have blacks and whites have more in common than they think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. not necessarily in in regards to the struggle but ironically when you read this book Richard Wright's 12 Million Black Voices that's really what opened my mind Mm -hmm. that in reality is not really a black and white thing it's a rich and poor thing exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's a rich and poor thing the rich are the ones who control make the laws and things like that that don't benefit us right right? in the long run because you said you know get a Mm J-O-B but I Mm -hmm. tell my cousins get a business yeah yeah yeah. You know, learn learn how to instead of work instead of exchanging your time for yeah. money, yeah. exchange contracts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you can add as many contracts as you want. Mm-hmm. And all the contracts are gonna be the same price. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can finish those contracts in one day. Yeah. 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 And so it's very important. I I'm very passionate about this financial literacy thing because nice, nice. but i also don't want to minimize the the race issue either oh absolutely i'm not. very aware that you know there are um caucasian immigrants that come to this country yeah um, and have struggled absolutely. you know but it's easier to discriminate against black people because yes it's you know more apparent in our phenotype that we're completely different like my skin is dark my hair is yeah. kinky 
you know, so I'm clearly a lot different than you are, whereas let's just say, for instance, when Irish people migrated here, yeah. you know, over you time, barely, they were able to blend in definitely. and nobody really knows. It's the same thing with the Italians. Right. Mm-hmm. The Italians were not wanted. Yeah, they, they, they were not either. wanted, but mm-hmm. now the Italians control. And you know what's the thing, bro? It's that we don't unite. That's mm-hmm. very key. Very key, you know. One person get a nice gets a nice chunk of the pie, and it's like my pie, right? My slice. Yeah. It should be our pie, mm-hmm. our slice, mm-hmm. our community, mm-hmm. our issues, our money, our mm-hmm. things. But then you want you want to talk about that? Then we gotta get into <laughs> capitalism and communism because what you're talking about right now is more like communistic values. No, you know. I'm 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 almost in between. I'm in between. Mm. I'm I'm communism works on paper, not on action. Right. Mm-hmm. Capitalism is really the key. Well, our country is mixed with um, you know, socialism, socialism, and capitalism. Um, cuz we have like Medicare and yeah, Medicaid absolutely. and all of that. Definitely. So, absolutely. you know, you can't just have one of something and yep. think it's going to work. You, you know, have to have a mixture. I'm actually going to introduce this new bro, I'm revolutionary like this. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to introduce this new form of capitalism. I'm going to call it eco-capitalism. Eco, okay. Eco, okay? Because one of the biggest issues that capitalism has is greed, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Greed is a... It's literally the drive. It's not really the drive. It goes it, hand in hand. But it's, it goes hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. How how would it be if, uh, if there were in an economy that the same footprint that capitalism has on the world gives back the same footprint back into the earth. Like, for example, okay. we're just going to use real estate as an example, okay. right? Walmart, one of the biggest footprint holders in the United States, right? How many trees does it take for Walmart to have their place in their parking lots? A couple okay. hundreds, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple hundred, And then you start multiplying that throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Why don't we enforce Walmart to put in that same amount of trees that they had to cut down to build their Walmart? Mm-hmm. Now they have to plant it somewhere else. Interesting concept. It's an interesting. The concept. same mm-hmm. the same people that market to our communities are the same people that need to give back to our communities. Mm-hmm. What I do you agree. think about that? And I so agree. because there are a lot of things that is only marketed to us. Mm-hmm. It's true. You know, like. It's unfortunate, but we but uh, black uh, white communities or or uh, um, white neighborhoods they don't have the corner store mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that now all the fucking cigarettes are being thrown at us, mm-hmm. right? All the black miles, all this and all mm-hmm. that. Like, and I was just talking to um, to somebody recently that I was sending them like the the the, the black and brown communities are so much influenced by, like, their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we need to be able to change their surroundings, man. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to be able to build... You remember when I was talking to you last last time? Like, I think when I met you, gotcha. I was saying, like, yo, we need to build, like, boxing gyms. Yeah, yeah. We need to build, like, handball courts. Like, yes, I understand a lot of people like basketball, but mm-hmm. 
we have winter. Yeah, what are you going to do during the winter? Mm -hmm. You're going to play basketball? You're not. And so yeah. we need to have gyms. Yeah. Like the rec center that got shut down, that blew my mind. Yeah. And why don't we have a boys and bo boys and girls club here yeah. in, in Utica? I used to. we did. Used to, oh, yeah. Oh, Coincidentally, I actually used to um, live in an apartment in that building because it got renovated yeah. for, you know, for um, tenants. But um, yeah, they used to have one out here. I can't call, um, sit here and call as to why it um, you know, closed down. But, yeah. Um, that was, um, you know, um, established here. Um, I definitely agree with you, you know, that, um, you know, things like, uh, you know, of, the, of those nature, you know, it's it's needed in this community. It definitely is. Because what I'm realizing, you know, um, it seems to be a correlation, um, you know, with the crime rate, you know, um, especially when it comes time, you know, for spring rolling, you know, into the summer. For whatever reason, since I've been living in Utica, it, it seems to be a common trend that crime rate tends to increase whenever it starts to get warm. It seems as if, to just my personal opinion, there's not a lot, you know, for people to do, right. you know, specifically in the winter time to keep them occupied. So all that built up it, um, anticipation <laughs> and energy inadvertently just yeah. comes out, you know. It comes out in the summer. Come you up, go uh, crazy. Committed. That's yeah. funny. That was mentioned in Romeo and Juliet. You know, I don't know it word for word, but, you know, it was basically said in the opening that, you know, now that summer has come about, blood is boiling. Mm. You know? Yeah, because people have been pent up Ooh. in the winter <laughs> and they, they ready exert uh, to exert that energy that's been pent up all winter. Yeah. Especially if uh, spring if, has sprung. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if they have like, you know, let's just say some sort of gang affiliation. So mm. like the the Montagues and the what the Capulets, I believe that was yeah. the names. Yeah, they forever didn't like each other, but hey, we out in the summer, everybody trying to have fun. Oh, you hit me like the Fresh Prince with a basketball? Oh, no, it's going <laughs> down. You yeah. know what I mean? So. Yo, and you know, that's a, that's a thing. Like, I, one of, what I'm most grateful for doing this poli politics is that I was, I, was, I was able to go into the black community and knock on their doors and talk about the issues. And then that's when I realized, I was like, I don't just need to come and ask for your vote. I need to listen to the issues that you want me to change yeah. and actually change them. Yeah. Like, I started thinking about that, and that's something that politicians don't do. Hence, why blacks and browns don't vote. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Because they feel um, as if, you know, so their bullshit, vote just bro. doesn't matter. It's all bullshit. Right. Or, you know, it's it's a, it's a never-ending cycle, though. Mm -hmm. Especially if, you know, the candidate they voted for didn't win. Let me tell you, I was heartbroken. When uh, Bernie didn't didn't oh, win. Oh, girl, don't get me started. Yeah, because I voted for. This is my first time voting, and I don't care who hears who, who I voted for. Cause yeah. I don't really. <laughs> I voted for him, and he didn't win. I said, all right, you know, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. I'm vote for Hillary. Well, first then of all, then she lost. I said, you know, why did I even vote? You damn. know, what I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna vote again because um, I know how valuable. It is to vote, not necessarily yes. because of the candidates, right. but because yeah. my ancestors, Definitely. they died, yes. you yes. know, so that I could vote. Yes. So I'm not going to squander that and Definitely. just out oh, my vote's not important. Well, may not be important in the grand scheme of things to other people, but for my ancestors, it meant something to die for. Yeah. So yeah. that's and why I vote. Just going back, you know, piggybacking, you know, with what Joe was saying. Um, you know, it's it's a bigger picture, you know, and you know, going back to the cliche term, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. 
this thing takes time. It does take time. It takes time. It does time. take time. You know, it, the voting, one vote, it does matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was in that pool, too, you know, where I'm just like, man, you know, why do I no, need same to here, vote? Man. You know, it doesn't matter. Same They're going to do whatever they want to do. They're going to choose whoever they want to choose. You know, but every single vote does count. Yeah, it, it does. It really does. And I strongly believe in that now, um, you know, than where I was, um, you know, I would say a couple years back. Interesting. Well, the real issue to me is the Electoral College. Y'all need to go. (laughs) Because um, for uh, one person to win the popular vote, Hillary, uh, against Trump, who got the Electoral College, that has rarely happened in history. Right. So that, to me, is rigged, all right? The whole thing was rigged. It's all a numbers game. No, no, no. It's it, yeah. It's a name. It's a numbers game. So a lot of how they rig it is, you know, um, moving the 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 state line, not the state lines, like the the county the lines. county lines. Yeah. So that certain people have to travel far and wide right. to go vote. You right. know, with this last election, there was a lot of that going on, mm. and I was very disappointed because it was done so blatantly, like openly, like yeah. you know, this last time around. So yeah, and you know, it's you- hard. It, it is hard, you know, and, um, you know, Jewel continues to make um, valid points, you know, um, you know, but over time, you know, with just that awareness as to, you know, how the system works, you know, yeah. and what we can do, what, you know, our part needs to be. It is be. that awareness. It is that us communicating to the population what is really happening yeah. and how we actually have the power to yeah. change. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I asked... I'm very interested into politics. I will never be a politician. Yeah. And I'm not for the record, you know. I'm just not really into po- um, politics at all, but I know the importance of having that understanding. Got it. And it's good. That's good. I will never be a politician because uh, that will become a problem for me because I tend to say what I think <laughs> and not really what I'm supposed to say. Well, um, Trump does that all the time. I well, that's true. Maybe things might change. I might consider. I mean, have you seen his Twitter lately? Yeah. He's been doing some crazy things over Twitter, and he's the president. So I mean, and that's the president. Say what you feel. That's true. That's true. I mean, you <laughs> say right. what you mean and mean what you say. I guess. I guess that would actually earn me the popular vote too. Because <laughs> people like real, like with Cardi B. You know, yeah, when she came right. out, everybody like, oh, she ratchet stripper. But she was able to connect with so many people because yeah. she was being real about yeah. her situation. Yeah. Real in the way that she talks is how she talks. She's not going to talk proper. Right. Just because yeah. she made celebrity status. You know, she does all this, you know, ghetto noises and all that. Yeah. And, wait, you know. Wait, wait, I can't even remember what she does. Right. She making how much money compared to, you know, let's just say Steve or Bob. Those aren't real people. I'm just saying <laughs> Steve or Bob with the education. And yeah. talking proper all day, you know, you gotta do what works for you and what yeah. makes you happy and run with it. I agree. Yeah. I love it. I, I love it, guys. Yes, sir. We have been talking for over an hour. Oh, we have, man. It didn't feel like that, did no, it? It didn't feel like about twenty five minutes. And so, <laughs> and so, we're actually gonna be just wrapping up. Okay. Um, this I like to keep my podcast within an hour. That okay. because mm-hmm. it that's people people lose tend to lose track okay. after an hour. So in case everybody's wondering like what's up, like why is your ending in an hour? That's the reason why. Because I want to keep you entertained and in tuned. And so, Kirk, yes, Jules, thank you guys for being here. Are there any last words that you like to say to like the public? Like how can people reach you or like get in touch with you? Like 
Um, first of all, um, I like to say thank you back, you know, to yourself um, and to Hector, you know, for um, you know being here today. Um, in terms of um, getting connected um, to me specifically, you know, I'm easily accessible, um, right? Um, you know, through uh, the MVCC, um, you know, website. You know, yeah. you could connect to me via email at lmiller, um, you know, dot um, mvc. I'm, I'm going about that. Don't over. worry about it. I got you. I got you. you. Um, you know, and I'm gonna uh, put all these things like in the on the show notes, anyways. Yes, yes. You and know, we also have a Facebook. Yes, so. we do. Awesome. Mm-hmm. The the step Facebook. So you just put MVCC step, type it in, and uh, send us a message if you're interested in our program. Um, if you're in high school and middle school, that's who we help specifically. Mm-hmm. But if you're at the college level or if you're an adult looking to go into college, you would um, go for MBCC C-STEP yep, and yep. contact our coworker Manny. Got yeah. it. Yes. Well, thank you guys for being here. Thank and you. we thank will you. see you next time. All right. All right.